everyone, and welcome to the Average Chase Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Joey. And today for our first episode, there's it's it's there's a lot to talk about, so uh, let's start off with something a little light. Yeah, uh, yeah, sounds good. Pi Day today, 314. Pi Day? Yeah. I don't know why this is important. This is just like a nerdy mathematician thing, I guess. Um, oh, I was thinking like pies, mm, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what some people do, right? Some people are like... Well, you know, I'm I'm not big into math, but I do like pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, some people just use it as an excuse to buy pie. Hey, that's all good. Pie's good. <laughs> if you like see, it. I, I feel yeah, and I feel more affected by uh, by the time change this weekend. I didn't even realize it was time change weekend. Yeah, like yesterday I noticed it, and then it was just like, oh gosh. So I'll probably yeah. take some used to getting you, like you know, getting used to it. Well, and see, for me, I went to bed early on uh, Saturday, well, early uh, Saturday night, and uh, I, and then I looked at the clock when I woke up, because my alarm clock, it uh, automatically changes. It's not one of those fancy, like, iPhone, like, you've seen my alarm clock, it's just yeah. a regular alarm clock. Uh, but it has a an auto-update for the time changes, oh, so nice. I just looked at the clock, and I was like, there's no way I slept in that late. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. got up and it was like, I think it was six thirty. So I was like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "Wait, it's five thirty. No, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, not a big deal. Yeah. So, but yeah, that I feel like that has affected me more. And then last night I go to bed really late and uh, wake up really early this morning, and uh, I'm less tired today than I was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, but my kids adapted to it great, so, you know, that's good. Yeah, that is good. I mean, everybody ad- adapts to it differently, right? So it's everybody's different. Like, some people, it messes them up for, like, a month, and it, they just can't function, you know? Yeah, I've heard it's uh, an average of about two weeks or so for the average person to um, adjust to the time change. Yeah, that, yeah, I've heard that. Usually, yeah, I know we... myself, I think I'm about maybe a week, so. Today, I feel fine, actually, so probably I'm already adjusted. <laughs> yeah, what we used to do um, uh, with the kids was we would move their bedtimes, either 15 minutes ahead or back, depending on the time change. And uh, we would do that over the course of, like, two weeks leading up to the time change. Okay, yeah. I don't know if it made a difference, but uh, we don't do it anymore, so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about Edmonton City Council, uh, primarily. So, council has uh, an agenda today. It's thirteen hundred and eighty-six pages. Big one. Now, yeah, and they have a day and a half for this meeting. You know, whatever they don't get finished today, they're going to come back Wednesday morning. But I imagine they'll get through the bulk of it today because most of this was dealt at committee last week. Okay. It's really the bylaws, and they should be actually looking at the bylaws uh, with a little bit more scrutiny. So, a lot of spending bylaws, um, but these these are spending decisions that were already approved at budget time. This is just okay. You approved it at budget. This is what we're planning to spend, and now they're just going through the motions of actually spending it and borrowing right, it. Right. So, borrow spending, doing things yeah. that. Probably is not going to benefit any of us uh, Edmontonians, so. 
Well, I imagine it'll benefit the consultants. They seem to be getting rich out of this budget uh, update. Yeah, apparently consultants seem to take a big chunk of the budget. Yep. That's, uh, oh, what was it, 600 and some million over the course of uh, five years? Just on consultants? Just on consultants. Now, sometimes they need a consultant because they need, with engineering specs, for example, they need to get a second opinion to make sure that it's safe. And that's just a redundancy safety measure. So I get that. I mean, I'm all for having a consultant for safety measures, engineers double checking things like that. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm sure there is uh, other consultants that probably didn't need to be get hired at all. Well, exactly, especially like the communication consultants. I mean, we have an entire communication branch and we're hiring consultants to do communication for us. And most of this is just go out and engage with the public, set up a a public workshop and... Right, okay. Yeah. So not... uh, And most of those, those public engagement sessions, they're less about public engagement more show and tell not a conversation it's this is what we're doing we'd like your feedback all right well we don't really actually care what your feedback is we're just (laughs) gonna do what we want to do anyways (laughs) yeah we'll put on a song and dance but really we don't care exactly so and that's why they call it public engagement and not public consultation ah yes Uh, makes sense thank you counselors (laughs) yep but one thing i noticed uh yesterday that really bothered me was Mayor Sohi put out this tweet about, uh, I guess the province is now kicking in some money for transit after initially deciding not to. Yeah, I read that yesterday as well. Yeah, and this is the first positive thing I've seen Sohi say about the provincial government since he's been elected. Even before he's, since before he's been elected. <laughs> so, but in the third three of the, uh, third thread of the tweet, It says, I am proud to see that my consistent effort to build relationships with the government of Alberta have resulted in a better deal for Edmonton. (laughs) What consistent effort? Like I said, I don't think he's done a positive tweet since he's been mayor. No. He talks about collaborating, but. Yeah, I mean, he yeah he talks about collaborating, but all, all it sounds like he's he, he he's more or less bish, bitching about um, the provincial government and holding his hand out. I want more, more, give yeah, me absolutely. more money. And it's like, okay, but we've given you like a plethora. What are you doing with it? And now it's yes. like, okay, we're giving you more money for the transit. Are you actually going to fix the transit? Like, so yeah, I do have uh, some stuff on that. Um, but before we get into that, he I looked up his uh, blog called My Reaction to the Provincial Budget. And quote, under the headline, so uh, subtitle, I guess, says, It's hard to build trust without cooperation. It's almost impossible to build a city without a province. Real collaborator right there. <laughs> like... <laughs> Wow. He's trying to give himself credit for collaborating with the provincial government, but really, they, he's just been railing on them. Yeah, right. Definitely. Like this this council. Now, whether or not you like the province is a different is one story, but this council just does not seem to want to work with 
the federal, the provincial government. They just want everything handled to or handled to them. Yeah, they want everything handed to them. Uh, they don't. They don't. And then yeah, they'll be like, oh yeah, they're great and stuff. Not really, but yeah, fuck off. Thanks for the money. Well, and nonetheless, too. Yeah, exactly on that. So they say something negative about the province, like Edmonton feels left out during this budget, and then the province goes back and makes the changes, and then. So he says, oh, you know, great. Thanks for the province coming through. But that first impression of the province didn't come through is still going to remain. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, the irony of this is that there's uh, an item today in private called intergovernmental update. And it is in private due to section section 21 disclosure harmful to intergovernmental relations. Now, I don't understand how disclosure of a conversation can be more harmful to intergovernmental um, relations than this council's Twitter feeds. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Um, sorry, I'm just having a little technical difficulties with my camera here. Yeah, I see that. Uh, it looks like you're, you're falling asleep a little, but that's okay. The show must go on. So... I looked into Soe's blog there, and he specified that he's asked for four things. Now, when I first looked at that, when they did the ask, I thought it was a different four things. Well, three of them are the same, but uh, so I went into it a little bit. So the first thing that they asked for was help with supportive housing. Now, the, the city wants uh, 2,500 units or so. Right, okay. And We've got about 900 in the works. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're making headway. I, I agree with supportive housing. I think that they're using it as a, uh, a catch-all to solve all of our uh, housing issues and all of our um, support issues that people need in the city. Now, we're sitting at about, what, 2,500 or so homeless people? Yep, that's these right. are the people that slipped. Yeah, these are the people that slipped through the cracks of uh, wide sweeping policy. So, more wide sweeping policy, I don't think, is the solution. I think that these people need individualized solutions, and you know, some of them probably can benefit from the same thing. You know, we do one broad thing, okay, that's going to catch fifty people, or we do another broad thing, that's going to catch two hundred people. But for the most part, it's it's very individualized solutions, very small return solutions. But that's just the point that we're at. We can't leave anybody behind. Right, right. So that's that's my only disappointment with the uh, the support of housing. Yeah, I would like to. Um, t- I know they're constantly trying to. Oh, we're trying to improve. Uh, you know, the housing rental rates and whatnot, and and try and lower it somehow. But I just. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening at all. See, and that's the thing is that they don't recognize that there's a problem. They call Edmonton one of the most affordable cities in Canada. Okay, well, there's only, what, 10 or so major cities in Canada? Yeah, and uh, Just... Toronto and Vancouver, Vancouver Island, right there, those three cities, it's like renting property is just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And even uh, buying property. What's the average house in Toronto? Like two and a half million or so? Something like that. Yeah. I'm speculating. I don't actually know the number. I mean, I've seen, I think I saw a house being sold in Toronto 
and it was just a little little shanty house, a little tiny guy, and it was yeah, it was like a point one point three million or something. I was like, what, really? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and meanwhile, I've actually uh, got a buddy that I game with in the states, and he's selling his house because he bought it for eighty thousand, and the market is up, and he can sell it for one hundred twenty thousand. This is a two thousand ish square foot home, single yeah. family dwelling, and so when I told him, I was like, "Dude, the uh, the average home price in Edmonton is four hundred thousand. Is draw I could visibly or." audibly hear it hit the floor <laughs> it was it was really shocking to him that uh, we would pay that much for housing and in the states too they have options like they can put three percent down for a down payment yeah so now imagine buying a hundred thousand dollar home and you got to put three thousand down whereas here you're looking at twenty thousand to buy a, a single family dwelling ten thousand if you're uh getting a two hundred thousand dollar apartment and that's yeah. just if you're the first time home buyer. Yeah, exactly. If you've owned a house before, gone bankrupt, you have nothing left and you have to start over. I'm sure there's some programs that you can apply for, but in theory, you need to come up with 10%. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 high. Like the housing here is just high. Everything's mm. everything's high. Cost of living's high. You go down to the states, some states, I imagine not all the states, but um there are some states where, you know, food and all that, it's just dirt cheap. Just dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't go to the states. I don't have a passport. I don't travel. <laughs> so uh, I yeah. just know that it's really expensive here. Yes, it is expensive here, and we need uh, something to change drastically because food prices have just are insane. How much they've gone up? Oh, absolutely. I uh, like I buy like a brick of cheese. And it used to be, used to be like seven sixty or something for a brick of cheese, the kind I used to buy. It's now nine nineteen. Yeah, and uh, I'm feeling it with my kids' uh, lunches, right? Because they need granola bars that used to cost a dollar fifty. That are like a dollar fifty last year, right? They would uh, last year, maybe twenty twenty, sometime during COVID. Yeah. Now. If they're two twenty, two thirty. Yeah. Right. Maybe I can find them on sale for two dollars. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you literally have to go to multiple places now. You can't just shop at one place. You know, yeah. like all these like no frills and Walmart and all that. They're always like, "Oh, we're the lowest, can't be beat, lowest price." And it's like, yeah, but on some things, on other things, you're just like ridiculously high. It's like, well, we price match, and it's like, oh, you price match, but if it's not in a flyer, how am I supposed to price match it? Exactly. <laughs> you have to go to the other grocery store, and if I'm already there, I might as well buy it there. Exactly, because now I'm just running around to 10 different places and, you know, exhausting my time and effort just to save, you know, what, 30 cents, you know? I mean, yeah, and- sure, 30 cents adds up if you're buying, you know, 20 different things, but still, it's 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 silly. Yeah, and especially with the price of gas, too, because then there's that cost factored in, and it becomes a question of whether or not it's actually a saving or if you're just going to spend that money in gas driving around all over the place. Exactly. You know, also talking about groceries here and just prices, you know what bothers me about a lot of the places, like Walmart, for for instance. Walmart likes to be like, oh, it's on sale. 
uh, but you have to buy three of them. Or, yeah. Or 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 if you buy multiple, you get you get the discount. It's like no 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 no. That's yeah, ridiculous. Superstore. Superstore does that now. No frills. All yeah. Lob anybody. Loblaws. So you know, owned by Superstore and everything like or Loblaws own Superstore. So yeah, anything they do, yeah, they're starting to do the Walmart thing. It's like, oh, buy three or more at two dollars, and it's like, well, I don't want three or more. I I get mm-hmm. I'm gonna save, but it's like, what I like about uh, Sobeys or Safeway even or Co-op, they when they have a sale, it's actually on sale. So it's like, yeah, it's like two for three, but if you just want one, it's a dollar fifty. It's like yeah. that's great. That's yeah, that's a sale to me, you know. And if I want to buy multiple, then I'm still getting the deal, you know? So, yeah. and I think that's how it should be done. This buy multiple, you know, it's like, oh, I have to buy four boxes, boxes of Triscuit to get, to get them at $2. <laughs> like, come on. See now, the, and that's one of my issues with the, the way that, um, housing and grocery shopping works and whatnot is that you have to buy those that bulk to get the discount, right? Or you go to Costco and you buy in super bulk. But how many median homes actually have the kitchen space and the storage space for all of that bulk? Yeah, uh, probably not that many because, and depending on how old the house you're, you know, buying or even renting, and let's, we won't even talk about renoing, but um, like the house I live in, it's an older home. And yeah, it has cupboards, but it has enough cupboards just for my stuff in the kitchen. Yep. I had to go out and buy a, a pantry. Yep. You know, with like doors on it and stuff like that, and it's a bunch of shelves because I had no room to put my food. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, apartments probably just come with. Uh, I haven't lived in an apartment for fifteen years, close to that, and uh, they probably just have fridge with a freezer combo yeah and that's that's great for a single person maybe a couple but when you're buying for a family of four and you're trying to stock up so you can get that better price point and lower your overall average grocery for the year you just don't have the space and then getting a a deep or a a deep freeze up there that's another uh issue oh yeah exactly because now it's I mean, I'm guessing you're not getting a six foot deep freeze to bring in your apartment, but even a small, just a small little deep freeze is still paying the butt. And then you got to find somewhere to put it in the apartment because, you know, it's an apartment. So you don't have much space anyways to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And if there was any extra kitchen space, then they probably would have filled it with cupboards, which would eliminate a lot of the problem. Exactly. So, uh, so that's, you know, one of the things that we can look at for, uh, for poverty reduction, right? Trying to, uh, prevent more houselessness um, or at least some of it, right? And prevent more poverty. And and poverty, Edmonton should be doing this kind of stuff, right? They should be out teaching people skills. Like one of the conversations that I had with them was, look, are you teaching people to drive a manual transmission? They said, no, why would we do that? And I said, because then it opens up the vehicle options for them so that they can uh find a better price point on one, right? They're not railroaded into one type of vehicle. Yeah, because and, if you buy a manual, you're saving money right there. If you're Yeah, if you new, buy new. If 
you buy new, yeah. And but, even if you're shopping used, right, being able to, to drive a manual, whether you want to or not, just being able to, you have the option of, oh, you know what? There's this vehicle. It's a manual. It's 1200 bucks versus this vehicle that's an automatic. And let's say they're comparable vehicles, but this one's 1500 Maybe it's in better condition elsewhere, right? It's not manual that's, that's driving that cost. But manuals are harder to sell because less people buy them so they are generally cheaper yeah but yeah yeah, just cost saving things like that yeah i don't know what they do i don't know if they like help people and teach them how to like budget and what whatnot i don't know if they do any of that uh i would imagine that they do i would hope so because i know budgeting really it honestly does help i mean Mm -hmm. it sucks to do but it really helps out when you're you know you're tight on money or if you're living paycheck to paycheck or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, I remember actually in my early twenties, actually uh, when you and I were roommates, uh, one of the budgeting techniques that I did, I just opened up the, everything in the spreadsheet and I just kept track of all my spending. Yeah. And then I found out I was spending 20 bucks a month on gum and I don't even like gum. It was just something to buy with smokes. <laughs> so it's like yeah i'll get a pack of gum on, on top of this do i chew it yeah. no i just got packs of gum everywhere and, and that's the thing is i would i'd have like you know three or four pieces out of it and then the rest i'd either lose it or um toss it because it goes bad yeah it's um, hard <laughs> yeah so it's just it you know that recognizing what you're spending uh Definitely. i think key, yeah and so. like I get like, um, cause the hours you worked, I get you not buying groceries, eating out worked for you. So whatever. And oh. you budgeted towards that. Right. So, yep. I didn't cook for two years. No, <laughs> <laughs> but at that time too, fast food was still real cheap and yeah. groceries were, were expensive relative to, um, general cost of living. Plus, I think even where you worked, you used to be able to get a decent price on the food. So. Yeah. Yeah. I got a discount on food. So yeah. that was definitely helpful. So, but, you know, those are the kind of things that uh, um, I think we should be looking at here for trying to deal with poverty and, and hopefully have less of a need for uh, supportive housing. Because like we said, mentioned, it's a, it's a broad approach by the city. Now to assume, now maybe they're right. And everyone coming off the street does need supportive housing okay, what's happening to them on the street that's causing that? And what can we do to prevent them from getting to the street in the first place? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the approach that I would like to see is take people in low-income housing like Capital Region, Home Ed, and help them get from low-income to mid-income, right? What do you need? Do you need to go to school for four years? Uh, Do you need to just put time in at your job and get seniority? Do you need a damage deposit and first month's rent, which is like three grand collectively, which is, yeah. you know, in the States, in some places in the States, like we mentioned earlier, you can buy a down payment on a house for that. <laughs> yeah. So whereas we're like, yeah, we need that just to get into a place to rent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, if you're working minimum wage, minimum wage works out to about 31,200 a year. Uh, if you make exactly minimum wage at about 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's not even three grand a month right there. No, I mean, you can barely, 
<laughs> you can barely live, you know? Mm -hmm. And now one of the, the solutions often proposed is that we need to increase minimum wage. We need to increase people's income. No, 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 no. If my landlord is greedy, that's not my employer's problem. No, exactly. Right? I get that it's a problem that we need to solve, but why is it my employer's problem? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's silly. It's a little bit ridiculous. And also, last time we had the minimum wage bump, uh, what exactly happened? Oh, I know. Cost of living went up. Yep. By a lot. Like, yep. a lot. I remember <laughs> buying a tin of coffee was like $7 for Folgers, you know? And now Folgers is like, what, $15 or something? And I'm going to be something real. Like Folgers is shitty coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm paying that much, I'm going to be buying like Nabob or something. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's my thing with coffee is that I don't, uh, I don't like most of the branded coffees. Cause I find that even a medium roast is too dark for me. Mm -hmm. And then the blonde roasts are too light. You know, I want like a light to medium. So I end up going to bulk barn and I just get the beans and I grind the beans and, uh, use that for coffee. Yeah. Plus it's cheaper to do it that way anyways. At least you can yeah. get a, you know, much um, more flavor as yeah. a coffee. Yeah, because it's fresh ground. And now shopping at Best Buy during the pandemic was, or not Best Buy, um, uh, Bulk Barn was, uh, that was interesting during the pandemic. And staff, you know, would come and they would scoop for you. Um, mm -hmm. Or you would scoop and then leave your scoop off to the side not to be used again. So, uh, but, you know, and that's just the, the supportive housing side. So, yeah, there's lots of what we could have done, how we could have spent better. That's not going to fix the the situation that we're in. Yeah. So if we need the supportive housing, sure. But I feel like the city doing this, really, this should be a provincial thing. Uh, maybe oh, definitely. partner with the city. Yeah, maybe partner with the city because the city is owned by Home Ed. Or Home Ed owns the city. Maybe they should be collaborating with no. the provincial government. The city <laughs> owns Home Ed. But yes, maybe they should actually be collaborating. <laughs> so now the next item on there was the, the $30 million that he wanted for transit. Now, in order to match the federal funding. So $30 million, I mean, the budget update that they're looking at today shows a 51 million dollar favorable variance so they didn't actually even need that 30 million right they could have just used their favorable variance and had 21 million left over right okay so but nonetheless right province stepped in now <laughs> there's a three billion dollar budget uh that the city has just operating budget so it, the city should actually be maybe reaching out to end poverty Edmonton for help with finances because there's tiers of spending. There's the, uh, you have to buy, you need to buy, right? Your, your essential expenses, like your rent, your utilities, your groceries. Then there's the want to buy, which right. is like your, or your, your should buy, sorry, not your want to buy, but your should buy, right? Which would be like, better quality groceries and uh you know more comprehensive stuff more balanced stuff like you know you can pick up spaghetti and i can feed my family 
spaghetti for two dollars for the night. Um, mm. But and then if I want steak, for example, steak is fifteen dollars for a top sirloin about that big. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, you know you can you can buy that's a should right is that we should have a more balanced diet, but if we don't have the money, then you know what we're just going to default to the we have to have sustenance. Exactly, it's it comes down to you're not eating what you're supposed to. You're not getting the vitamins you need um, because one vitamins are expensive even if you buy them. Um, there's no yeah, you're just you're you're just buying to survive basically and yeah yeah pasta which is you know is is fine but eating it every night you know is is not the greatest and at this point it you're gonna you're just gonna gain a lot of weight too (laughs) yep so i mean it's it's a no win and then you could always go oh we can get a you know itchy band noodles or something or mr noodles and things like that it's well it's still Still noodles, it's still carbs, you know, it's cheap, but I mean, you can't buy any vegetables. Like a bag of peas, a bag of no-name peas is $2. Yeah. $2. And then they downsized the peas. It's not even a kilogram. It's under a kilogram. I think it's like 700 grams (laughs) for a bag of peas. So you up the price, and then you lower it by 300 grams. Yep. Yep, and, that's and that's not I also noticed that with pasta actually. I bought um uh I buy name brand a, a a decent name brand pasta when I buy it. And I was uh I bought it oh, it was like 2 weeks. No, I'd say like a month ago now. I mean, I bought it pasta more than that, but I noticed it was it was about a month ago. I bought it and I was looking at it and I was like 400 grams. Like but a box is usually 500 grams. And then they upped the price. I'm like, so not only did you drop it by 100 grams, and some of them they dropped by 50 grams, so from 500 to 450 to 400. Mm-hmm. So depending on what kind of pass you're getting from spaghetti to rigatoni or shells or whatever. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've dropped the, the amount that you get, and they've increased the price. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the... I was like, this is pasta. Pasta is cheap, and it's cheap to make. And you're <laughs> you're being that stingy, and you're couching us now. And not and only that, sauce has gone up. Yep, yeah, that's why I make my own sauce. I grab a you know a two dollar can of uh, of just plain sauce, and but that's still expensive. A... Two dollars for a can of sauce. Yep, like that's ridiculous. Yeah, but that can last me for two pasta meals, right? I'll make it up, I'll use what I'm going to, and then I'll freeze the rest. And I also throw in a pound of ground beef. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, you add another, say, six bucks onto it. So now it's it's $4 uh, for sauce, right, to make it taste good, right? Now it falls under the should buy because I don't necessarily need it, right? I can, I, I mean, I'll have my pasta plate without sauce, <laughs> Just throw on some Parmesan cheese, good enough for me. I guess, yeah, yeah, a little. Mm-hmm. That, that's all. That's all right. Can't just yep. eat it just plain though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the wife and the kids that uh, like the sauce. Yeah, and the garlic bread. But I mean, I know, like, like we were saying, like, pasta in general is a cheap dish. But the fact that they've upped the price and then lowered the amount you're getting mm-hmm. is just silly. Yeah, 
And, and yeah, it's and not just past that that's happening. This is happening with a lot of items. Yeah, you know, absolutely it is. And somehow that's your employer's problem to solve for you by just paying you more money. Oh, okay. right. Which, which is what, uh, you know, that's what I don't get about the whole argument. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so we have the, the stuff that you need to buy, the stuff that you should buy, mm -hmm. but you don't need to, but you should. And then the stuff that are wants, right? Yeah. Needs, shoulds, wants. Those are the three tiers of spending. And you should now, be able to buy wants too, right? Like, to a degree. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like go out and buy 20 bags of chips and, you know, 12 cases of, you know, pop or soda or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like, you got to live a little bit and you can't just, it's like we drink water and only water and that's mm -hmm. all we have and yeah. bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need something to look forward to. Right, some kind of yes, exactly benefit in the meantime. Otherwise, you're just in a constant state of grind, and I suspect that's going to cause depression. Oh, for sure, of course it is. So, but this this transit spending that is a need to buy for the city. A hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent. You know, just yes, we need better transit, please. Yeah, especially in the West End. <laughs> but that's a a absolute need like they're mandated by the mga to provide transit yeah like this is if there is any if anything's a core service it's transit that should be paid for first definitely so right? then sorry so uh on transit mm -hmm. what exactly are what exactly this uh what is it 79.5 million i think the province gave the city for the transit i think that's it am i wrong um i think it's the 79 million or so is between the federal and provincial government total right because the federal kicked in 30 plus and the city's asking for matching funds right okay so the government okay. helped us out and now how is this how is this going to improve the transit? What is the city going to do to improve the transit? Have they stated so, anything? Have they said anything? So this isn't actually for improving transit. This is just for running it with our lower ridership, right? Our reduced ridership amounts. Oh, so it's still the same shitty service. Yes. Oh, great. That, that's what I wanted yeah. to hear. Yeah. So I believe it's... Uh, next week that they talk about the improvements and i haven't read those reports yet i saw mm -hmm. it come in yeah on wednesday next week the 23rd at uh, executive committee bus network expansion opportunities transit funding model options hmm. so now, the bus networks expansion that uh, they did uh, what last year that went over yep. so well yeah but it's because of covid it's not because there was Right. I forgot. You know, COVID, COVID is the problem to everything in this city. COVID, yeah. COVID is the problem. I forgot. It's not the council that made no. the bad decision. It's COVID. Yeah, it's not a council. COVID that made them make bad decisions. I'm guessing that's their, their excuse mm -hmm. then. <laughs> no, something about spending that they had to do because they're keeping people safe. Right. Right. Some rhetoric like that. But and then they also wanted money for the FIFA bid. Now, FIFA bid is a want. At the best, you can say it's a should, but 
I mean, when you're dealing with a crisis like COVID, shoulds kind of, you really got to look at them uh, and say, you know what, can we even do this? Now, that's that's fine to ask for the province for the FIFA bit, right? That that is a want. That should be in this category of, yeah, province, can you help us out? We want to do this. This is the kind of economic return we're looking for. And you know, you'll you'll make this money back in I don't even know, income tax. Um I guess from more people working or some overtime being worked out or what how much how many jobs is this going to create? Say if we if we got it right. I don't know. So a lot of these discussions have been in uh, private, private and chambers, in fact, actually, private chambers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And actually, there's another one today uh, in private titled "Major Event Update." Major event update. Shouldn't we uh, yeah. know about this major event update? We will, but apparently, uh, disclosure is harmful to interests of a third party. Uh huh. Business right. interests of a third party. Uh, and disclosure harmful to economic and other interests of a public body and advice from officials. So that's probably what they're going to talk about. They're probably going to say, yeah, the province doesn't want to fund this, which makes sense, right? Now, if we had all of our ducks in a row and we were paying for all of the top twos, the needs out of the budget, sure, right? Then, um, Then maybe the province can say, you know what, you want to do something a little extra? Here you go. Yeah. Now, in the mayor's um, blog, he wrote about uh, the fourth thing that they wanted was for, quote, reconciliation, energy transition, and climate change mitigation, libraries, capital projects, and other issues important to citizens, end quote. That's that's a a pretty broad... uh statement there. <laughs> yeah and if i'm guessing if it was that broad when they told it to the province the province just said you know what no you're asking for too much stuff you're giving us no detail on this we're not gonna write you a blank check to do but it's these very broad things but it's for libraries and stuff well what's and stuff well it's, yeah. you know it's stuff for the citizens citizens need stuff <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So, and then now I remember when they were first talking about this, that they wanted 5 million for downtown vibrancy and then they got that 5 million. So it's interesting to see that that wasn't included in this. Uh, Now the downtown vibrancy is basically, Hey, let's redo Jasper Avenue again. Right. Uh, right. It's, it's more than that. I get it. Before last time I was down when last time I was downtown, it looked like a giant pile of heap of shit. Yeah. And it still does. Yeah. And then when they yep. shot Last of Us here, I think they didn't even have to do set design because it's such a shithole. So it was great for them to come here. They didn't yeah. they saved a lot of money on, on the set design. Yeah. Exactly. Now <laughs> <laughs> Now the the argument for downtown vibrancy is that a vibrant downtown is key to a thriving city or some bullshit like How that. How thriving is downtown right now? Exactly. And is five million going to make that difference? Fuck you know, it's when you, not. <laughs> now, the downtown vibrancy strategy called for seven to twenty eight million or something like that. Okay. Is twenty eight million going to solve downtown vibrancy? Right? Like have we already spent billions on downtown vibrancy? Maybe what, millions. I don't what, know. What about the beautiful ice district that, that's up? 
Is that hmm. even done yet? I don't even think so. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, when I had to go downtown, I was very limited in where I wanted to go. I didn't want to be out downtown because no. it's cumbersome to get around. Yeah, it's it's a pain in the butt to get around downtown. Our downtown is honestly it's it's ugly. It's really yeah. ugly. It's not nice at all. Like, yeah. I don't think our downtown looks good. I don't either. So, and really downtown it, it really just primarily needed to be a collection of workspaces for whatever we're doing, right? Whether that be uh, office space or um, uh, like the, the World Trade Center that we have downtown mm-hmm. and then restaurants so that you, people can eat. Yeah. Uh, government buildings. I mean, to my knowledge, a lot of companies are still working from home. Yeah. You know, from downtown. And yeah. people are preferring that. And I think that's fine, honestly. If, if you can get yeah. your work done at home and you're just as efficient, why not? Now, speaking of that, there was, I forget which counselor it was. I think it was Councillor Rutherford during the ETS discussions. Uh, I could be wrong on that, uh, on who it was. But they asked about the uh, the work from home and how that's going to impact the transit network in the future and whether or not this new network is based on a pre-COVID world, right, where there was a lot less work from home, right? If you saw a right. work from home job in the paper, you thought it was a scam. Or it was stuff in envelopes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, or it was some multi-level marketing company uh, with unlimited earning potential, working from home. Yeah, so, earn up to five thousand dollars. Yeah, in a week. <laughs> so, they asked about this, and because uh, I guess there was some study done at uh, uh, federal level. I think it was. I don't remember, but the. Carrie uh, Houghton McDonald's had, uh, had responded from uh, from administration side. I believe she's the uh, uh, the director or the branch manager of uh, ETS, and she had said, "No, no, no, we're we're not going to experience that in Edmonton, right? Edmonton's differently unique." But I don't recall her ever saying why. Now, okay, right? Let's say we are. We're still never actually going to get a proper test for this net. Because this network was supposed to be, okay, you think administration is claiming that they can make a better network with the same amount of money. So there was no large increases to the the funding. Mm-hmm. It was just a show us how you can redistribute the uh, the network. Right. But because of COVID, I imagine that there is a significant portion of people not using the buses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll give them that. I, I suspect that's the case. But we don't know how many. We don't know how many are just not using it because it's not safe. We don't know how many are not using it because it's the new network sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure on that. I've uh, from just reading uh, some people's social media and seeing pictures of some some of the bus lines in Edmonton where they're just packed full when um, you know shoulder to shoulder packed full. And uh, then people are like, I thought there was social distancing going on here. I mean, bus drivers don't give a shit, really. They don't care. And bus drivers aren't supposed to be enforcers, right? They don't have the training to, like, a peace officer would. No. Um, So they're just really supposed to drive the bus because it's not worth it to put them at risk. No, no, exactly. And I agree with that. 
but the, I agree. The, the, the city needs to um they need to do something cuz like i said like we're broken records with how bad the transit is here like it's just it's atrocious yeah and now so he came up with a blog on this on friday yep um i don't know if you read it uh but on february 25th um this council so february 25th this year uh approved the transit safety plan for 3.9 million okay mm-hmm. i don't see how they're going to fix it for 3.9 million i uh, just i don't i don't i don't uh, see it either um like now i don't remember this report i i read through a lot of uh council reports and this is just not one that i remember um uh, so there wasn't I, anything too significant. I would like to see what exactly they're going to improve upon. Like with that situation they had on the LRT just last week um, with the man stabbing the seats and mother and a bunch of other people just not wanting to take the train because security, you know, I mean, security guards aren't supposed to do anything. They're supposed to observe and report, right? That's what they're supposed to do. Yes. But if people don't feel safe, then I think something needs to change. Uh-huh. Also, um, yeah, I can't see them doing anything like that. I can't. I, yeah, I mean, unless they're yeah. going to be hiring a whole new, uh, unless they're doing peace peace officers instead of a, a private security. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, these security guards are the same ones that uh, got caught falling asleep at the LRT stations. Yeah, where they're neither absorbing nor reporting. Yeah, or they're and, or they're on their little Bluetooth headset talking yep. the entire time and then they're not even paying attention to anything like yeah, when i exactly. used to catch the lrt station to go to to go to school or even just go downtown or whatever um yeah those security guards are a joke yeah and i i get it it's boring you're you're just standing there doing nothing but i mean you know kind of be a little mm-hmm. bit more observant <laughs> yeah <laughs> put exactly. some effort into it because i'm sure you're you're not making uh Minimum wage. I'm sure they're paying you more well, than minimum wage. Probably. Well, especially with the city's living wage policy of, I think, $22, million, uh, $22 an hour. Yeah. Um, they want all their contractors to pay that uh, somewhere around there. So, yeah. So, But as security, one of the things you can do is just basic customer service. You can walk around and talk to people. And if they react in a suspicious manner, maybe you've got something to report. Yeah. Right? Or at at the very worst case scenario, people feel safer because the security guard is out engaging with them. Yeah, exactly. If they see something or somebody looks like they're in some kind of distress or something, you could just ask a question like, are you all right? Do you need any help? Can I do anything? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I'm not saying you have to engage in every single person, but you you're there to observe. And if some something looks misplaced, then you need to say something. Yeah. Yeah. See something, say something, right? That's right. Kind of implied in observe and report. So Mayor Soe outlined three basic groups of actions. Um, One, uh, as an individual. So you can call or text Transit Watch. Okay. You can call 311 or use the 311 app. You can use blue emergency phones or red emergency buttons. And or. And there is emergency buttons, handles, and passenger alarms on the LRT. So that's what he started off these these, uh, actions with. 
So it starts with you, the user, is kind of what I took away from that. And like, I, I do appreciate that there is all of these different means of communicating when you see a problem or when you don't feel safe. Definitely. But it wasn't presented in that manner. I had to go back and think about that and say, okay, why is this good? Um, well, also, like, I want to know, like, what's the response time on on this? Like, what what I, happens when you when you um when you press the button or what, like exactly, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I've never had to to push the help button or you need help or there's an emergency or anything like that. So, like, does the conductor stop the train? Does the conductor say over thing? Like, what what happens? Do the police get no like peace officers? Come? Like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. This I would like to know. Yeah, and I want to know how they arrived at that uh, response time because one of the things I found out a few years ago was how the city arrived at their seven-minute police response time. They sent out a survey and said, do you want a seven-minute response time, a nine-minute, an 11-minute, or a 13-minute? And everyone said seven-minute, so we have a seven-minute response time target. Do you think they hit that seven minutes? (laughs) So it's about context too, right? And I remember the police chief talking about this, and he's saying, look, priority one and two calls – I want to know why we weren't there with within the minute. Um, mm-hmm. Or I want to know why we weren't there yesterday or however he phrased it, but he stressed urgency upon those priority one and two calls. Priority three and four and five, I believe. He was saying like those, you know, you can take an hour because they're, they're, they're dealt with. They're done, right? Somebody calls in in the morning that their car was broken into sometime last night okay, you don't need to get there in seven minutes, right? If it takes 20 minutes, a half an hour, that's fine. As long as you're not putting it off for priority one calls and two calls. Yeah. I, right? I, Where... Sorry. I just remember um, when I was a teenager, we thought one of our friend's houses was being broken into at the time. And it mm-hmm. was because there was some suspicious activity going on in there. Um, so we called the police, you know, and told them, I, I think our friend's house is being broken into right now. Like, like, it's some suspicious stuff going on. And I think it was like a minute and a half, not even. There was like five squad cars, man. And this house was like surrounded like so fast. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you know? and it that's was good. It, it was good. I was like, and then it just turned out our friend, um, you know, they didn't want to be bothered by anybody. <laughs> so they didn't answer the door, but they were looking through the, the curtains all suspicious. Like it just was really weird, but it was just kind of funny. But. Hmm. Now, it was nice to see that the police responded so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember a time um, I called uh, the fire department because uh, I was, uh, this is when I was living in Capital Region and I was outside and I heard somebody in the complex, I heard a, a smoke detector going off and someone yelling, it's on fire. So my right. natural instinct is to say, I don't know which house this is coming from. This is what I heard. Right. Uh, like if you want to send fire trucks, you, you do it, but you know, that's not my call to make, right. My call is to relay the information and now the fire department needs to respond appropriately. Exactly. Turns out there was nothing going on. Um, and, uh, you know, but they sent you know, three or so fire trucks and they were there. Uh, must've been within about, uh, three or four minutes of the call. Yeah, that's pretty pretty fast response time. And considering yeah. where the station was, where you were, I know exactly where the station is. So that's actually yeah fairly decent response time. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I mean, ultimately, everybody left safely. So uh, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. 
So, and my call didn't take away from another call, which that would have just broke me if that right. happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As, so, long, as long as it's like, oh, that building burnt down because of your call. <gasps> yeah. Oh. So <laughs> now the other solution that uh, that Mayor Soe put in his blog is solutions as a service. So uh, they're working with COT, the Community Outreach Transit Team, which is a partnership between EPS and Bent Arrow Traditional Healing Society. Okay. Now, the way that he phrased this, I initially thought that this was something that he did. And I'm looking at that like, no, I, I don't think he did this, but it sounds like he did, right? Maybe, maybe he did. So I went back and looked into it. No, it was launched in September 2021 before the election. That was in October. Okay, so it so, wasn't him at now, all? He didn't explicitly try to take credit for it, but right. the phrasing really felt like it was, he was saying something like, look at what council, us as council are doing. Right, right. Not look at what the previous council did, so. Well, you don't that, want to acknowledge previous council. We have the new yeah, superior, yeah. awesome council that knows everything and all our wants and needs, and yep. they take care of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> and now it's just I didn't. I just didn't like the phrasing of that. Now, whether maybe this is a good idea or not, I, I know they had something similar in uh, Vancouver. I hear it was successful. Okay. Uh, whether or not we can replicate that, I think is yet to be seen. But overall, I, I don't think it's a bad idea, right? You send, you know, social uh, workers with police uh and police respond to the danger social workers respond to the crisis calls yeah um and this is right? going to be then, accompanied with uh the transit as well for the safety uh, or what no this is more about getting people off the streets so that they don't um get high and go on uh transit or they don't have uh maybe they have a mental health issue like okay. schizophrenia and then they go on the bus and then it makes others around them not feel safe even though they are maybe at the time right but it, it takes away that feeling i'm trying to give benefit of doubt i don't actually know right but, right but this is the cot um, that's what we're talking about right cott yeah cott okay so but there and that that's going to work into the overall transit safety plan. Mm. Bit of a stretch, I think, um, because that's that's more of a, uh, a homelessness or a mental health kind of um, right. issue. So, okay, right? But, you know, the the other stuff, right? Like, this is, this is about pairing policies, right? You have the options that people can access themselves that we talked about earlier, right? Yeah. Four methods of contact yep you have another one that's going out and doing uh, maybe it's proactive calls maybe it's response calls right you call in a, a panhandler on the street you send out one of these units and then they handle it appropriately from there right right um or maybe you see someone panhandling at the transit center right and then this was respond so okay it, it's probably a good project even as a standalone project i would think but as part of transit safety Okay, I can I can see a bit of a stretch to get it there, but yeah, yeah. But and then on the we're still on transit, right? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. This is still on Soy's transit blog. So what I found interesting about the transit, um, because last year they re re uh, designed the whole network, right? Yeah, and they hired um what a 
firm for this or did ets hire somebody out or did ets do it um uh they probably it was done through eps but they probably hired consultants for all the communication like they did a lot of public engagement sessions okay so they probably hired some consultants i don't know what the cost of redesign the network was here's what i find funny about this city is they have we have this city just south of us i don't know if you know this but it's called calgary yep and apparently calgary has a phenomenal transit system that functions very very well and edmonton i don't know why for what reasons but they refuse to ask calgary what they're doing what makes it work and Uh i don't know if it's pride or what i don't know if it's this whole battle of alberta bs that constantly is happening because there is cities from the united states that come to calgary to see how a transit functions properly and how how well it how well it, it it's it's made and how well it flows and whatnot so the fact that Edmonton refuses, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did ask Calgary. Like, I don't know. Maybe Calgary snubbed them and said, hey, you know, whatever. We don't care. So I doubt that because uh, Nenshi and Iveson were kind of BFFs. Okay. So I would imagine there would be the collaboration there would be easy. But I actually, I remember um, that stat that you were talking about because I actually used it in 2016 when I ran for council. Mm-hmm. Um I don't remember what it was offhand, but uh, but Calgary did have a much better transit system in comparison to Edmonton. Now, a more recent one, uh, and I'll have to find this, I'll have to throw it in show notes, but it shows that Calgary is just not much better than Edmonton. So out of like top 100 cities in North America, um, or some metric like that, it was Calgary was only a couple places ahead of Edmonton. For transit. So Yeah. So I assume that it's gone down since then, and that's why they've uh, they've made such a huge drop. That's possible. Um, I I can't see how it's gone down. Uh, I mean, I guess if these stats, whoever did the stats, uh, you know, they can't be wrong. But um, mm-hmm. uh, I can tell you, for someone that lives in Edmonton, this transit is hot shit. Yes. Um, I do not live in Calgary, but I have caught the transit a lot in calgary when i do visit and i do know that calgary has you know a great lrt system that goes to all the legs of the city uh not only the lrt but it's got um a bus uh bus uh, rapid rapid bus system yep so it has designated lanes just for um the bus and its own lights and everything like they built like bridges and everything just for the bus to use to get to like downtown and certain places much faster and like i know from like one end of the city to the other on this bus rapid it's like 15 minutes to get downtown which is pretty amazing yeah they they built the city with transit in mind which is what we should have done Mm -hmm. and we can blame previous governments all we want but that doesn't solve the problem that we're in today that we okay how do we fix where we're at today Right. Yeah, I can tell you how they fix it is they build a valley line from Mill Woods to downtown that a the that a train's going to stop at lights because that's that's helpful. Yeah. It should have been it should have been underground. Uh I feel I'm pretty sure that the um uh the costs that the city used to go underground were excavation costs. 
rather than cut, cut and cover because it's a lot more expensive to go underground and then drill your way across, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas they could have just taken off this whole top layer, cut down, and then put it on top. And it would have been much, much cheaper. Still more expensive than going at grade. But now, because it's at grade, it has to spoil those speed limits. It's going to stop at lights. And somehow this isn't considered a streetcar. Yeah. I mean, the urban LRT. Urban LRT and the, the cars are different. They're not the same as the, the regular LRT cars. That's correct. I'm correct. So, we can't, so we can't swap them with our uh, other lines. Yeah. And... um. I mean, yeah, either go above or uh, below or above, honestly. Yeah. You know? Not on at grade. On a route. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now the the third major topic uh, that uh, so he said that we can do to address transit as a city. Uh, so one of the first lines is harassment is not okay and has been my top priority. Now, he's talking about what we can do as a city, but he's talking about my right he just can't help himself to put yeah this is me doing this right right so the anti-racism strategy is is what he's referring to that uh is going to help address our transit issues okay now that's i i i don't recall that section in the anti-racism strategy off the top of my head um other than you know there there have been incidents of uh hate based violence or harassment uh, at transit facilities whether it be on the bus or the LRT or the station so that's probably what he's talking about is you know we deal with anti racism we we get rid of racism altogether and then it will be safer because we won't have those incidents right we're just taking them out of the equation right okay right uh I think that that's a, a broader reaching um, policy, but uh, but I can I can see it stretched to deal with transit, um, right? You remember there was that uh, that incident a few years ago. A guy went to a Muslim woman with a noose and said, "This is for you." And the response uh, to that the public had to that was to go out and buy roses and give that to Muslim women and say, "This is for you because I appreciate you." Right. Okay. So I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a good community response. And uh, definitely. Yep. So there's just some people out there. (laughs) It's like, look, just be decent. Just be a decent person. Like, how hard is it just to be a decent human being? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't understand how you can hate someone so much that you've never met based on factors that are out of their control. And you can hate someone so much for that that you have to go out of your way to be a dick about it. Yeah. I don't understand I, that. I don't either. I n- I've never understood it. And I just, yeah. Just be like, decent, people. Just be <laughs> decent. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, in general, people I've never met, I don't care about them enough to go out of my way to impact them in a negative manner. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know you. I uh, so I'm. I, I, yeah, I don't. You know, I whatever. Yeah, and it's not affecting now, me. <laughs> now the the next piece on this, uh, within as a city, things we can do as a city is supervise consumption sites. Okay, and oh. quote with provincial cuts to harm reduction supports, people do not have supervised facilities to use substances. Such a collaborator. 
<laughs> now, remember, <laughs> this is released on, on Friday. Right. And I think it was Thursday where or sometime last week that we got the uh provincial the announcement that the you know the province is gonna kick in for transit. Right. And yep. Friday he's blasting the province for oh well now you're not doing this. And that's not how collaboration <laughs> works. I think maybe someone needs to buy Sohi a dictionary to look up collaboration. I mean what he's doing is not it. No, it's not it. And like we've said, it's just he does this. I need mm-hmm. money. Give me yep. money. Oh, you gave me money? Yay. Thanks. But no, thanks. Like, really, go yeah. fuck yourselves. Like, it's it's yeah. the same thing. It's the same song and dance from him. It's always, it's, it's if the province, and no, don't get me wrong now, I'm not a Kenny supporter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, bitching about what Kenny does half the time is, is, is warranted, I guess. <laughs> but, yep. I mean, really, don't go on and say, hey, we're collaborating with the province when you're not really and yeah and you're bitching about it half the time you know and yeah. saying and see, the province isn't doing enough for us we need more we need more gimme 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 like that's yeah. all i hear from from our council that's all i hear from sohi um the 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 council honestly needs to get their 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 shit together yeah absolutely so um which actually segues nicely into the uh the last point on the um of things we can do as a city and that's support of housing, which we talked about a little bit earlier there. Yep. And, but it's, it ultimately comes down to the spending habits of this council. Another thing that they're looking at today is the, uh, the operating budget adjustment and the capital budget adjustment. This is their opportunity to look at those spending decisions. Now, remember council approved the idea of bring us back a, um, uh, a budget profile for bike lanes, three hundred six point five million. That can buy approximately sixteen hundred and forty-one units. Now add the nine hundred that we've already approved. Yep. You've got twenty-five hundred and forty-one units. That's right. So right there, right, and it's not just bike lanes, right? That is just one example that we haven't done that spending yet. So, but they're looking at this, right? They're saying. We need money for supportive housing. We need money for transit. We need money for FIFA. We need money for downtown vibrancy. We need money for all these wonderful things. We need money for but the gondola. We're, but we're going to cover costs for the bike lanes. We're just going to borrow money for the bike lanes. Like, that's... So, you're going to... You're going to borrow money for the bike lanes, but you're not going to borrow money to fix a transit system, to fix... Uh, security issues that we have on the transit um people's safety isn't important important enough to borrow money for but building bike lanes is what's important that you need to um to borrow money well they they view bike lanes as you know people's safety and i've seen where some of these bike lanes are going there's they're gonna put a bike lane that maybe it has an a curb separation, maybe it has a planter separation between the bike lane and the road, but some form of physical separation. And they're putting it on a road that's next to some houses. Yeah. That on the other side of the houses is a sidewalk, a multi-use pathway. So how is the a curb or the planter more safe than a house as separation? Yeah, so, I I don't understand their their reasoning or their thought process for bike lanes. Like, don't get me wrong, 
bike lanes sure i'm 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 for them if if they make sense in certain areas mm-hmm. and also i'll tell you this in the winter time those bike lanes sure get cleared first even yep. though you might get what three or four riders or something <laughs> well and that was uh council actually talk- the last council actually talked about that they talked about how well we have to clear the bike lanes because people are using them to walk in because the sidewalks aren't cleared. Well, then here's a fucking reason, or here's here's a here's a good thing to do: clear the sidewalks. Yeah, clear why the, the sidewalks? Si- why are the sidewalks taking so long? And then yeah. the roads. The, the I this winter was probably the worst winter I have ever seen for our roads. This council yeah. did shit, man. They did so, nothing. So yeah, I don't think this was a a council thing i think this was an administration thing right because remember council said look clear clear up the road the uh clear the roads down to bare pavement and then the city responded with all right well we'll give you windrows because we know you hate windrows and oh look at this you've got this windrow that's six feet wide um right well, that's like, I know what I mean. this... like that's not it, it, it when it comes down to winter roads that includes the windrows that includes maintaining it keeping up with it um yeah the the roads were like the skating rinks yeah uh, public sidewalks were skating rinks like the, the the amount of shit and accidents that people had not just um car accidents and people accidents animals too i mean you can't control the animals slipping and stuff like that but i mean there was so mm-hmm. much happening with with just yeah. the shitty weather we had and the city j- did not respond well to it i don't think I, I agree, and I think I think it was intentional, right? This is my opinion, uh, that I think that administration just really doesn't want to give that extra level of service to residential neighborhoods and clear it down to bare pavement rather than a five-centimeter snowpack. So yep. I think they intentionally made it shitty in order to drive home their point of, we are in control, right? You, council, you think you're in control, but you're gone in four years or eight years, we're going to still be here, right? I think that mm-hmm. that's kind of the message that they were trying to send. That makes sense. And yeah, and now one of the previous councils, I think this was in the uh, 2013 to 2017 council, but they created the SF, the FSR, the Financial Stabilization Reserve. And the purpose of that was, look, we can't predict um, a year in advance what the snow clearing budget is going to need to be. What we can do is we can track the historical five-year average and we can say uh this is what we think it's going to cost average over the next five years and then they created the financial stabilization reserve so that they were every year they would have their snow clearing budget any surplus would get put into the fsr anything that they needed to spend extra would get taken out of the fsr right to to so that we can provide a consistent level of service yeah but now and the last council started doing this uh, with COVID, but this council's doing it. They're treating the financial stabilization reserve, the FSR, as a slush fund, right? It's we can pay for this, we can pay for that, and um, they're just—it's it's a slush fund for them. It, they're irresponsible. Yeah. You know? So, excuse me. And that's again another spending practice that council needs to look at and say, look. Is this a responsible thing to do? Because basically what they're doing there is they're saying, look, I've got a credit card that I'm going to use in emergencies only, right? It is very specifically to normalize my utility bills, for example, right? I pay for my utility bills on my credit card, and then when I get paid, I pay it off, uh, or I make this static payment to it. Yeah. 
So they're they're using their credit cards to pay for their everyday spending, and then they're just dumping their paychecks back on the credit card, and then they're spending off the credit card again. Yeah, right. It's lots of people can relate to that cycle. Definitely. I so this city council just needs to take a step back, and I understand they have an agenda, but Mm -hmm. they really need to look at the bigger picture that's happening in this city right now, and just open their eyes and like just see what is happening like what you're doing to this city because like what what is going to happen in four years say we get new council because people actually see that this council is a bunch of fucking jokers and they don't know what they're doing and now the city's in shambles because you know they 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 effed it up so much Mm -hmm. so they just really need to take a look and and realize what they're doing yeah, see, I don't think that – I think this council is going to get a free pass in the next election. I think that they've already started pushing through a lot of radical ideas, but none of them are really going to come into fruition until 2026, and that's going to be after the next election. So people won't even get to tangibly see what's happening until after the next election, and that's why I think this council is going to get a pass in 2025. Well, let's hope that doesn't so, happen. Yeah, and you know, another spending thing that's actually the bylaws on the – the uh, the agenda today uh, is for Lewis Farms Rec Center. It's at three hundred and five million. Okay. In two thousand eight, when they planned this, it was supposed to be one hundred thirty four point three million. In two thousand twelve to two thousand fourteen, when they actually put it in the budget, it was one hundred seventy four point nine. Like it's just this constant what it, creep what, of pricing. Yeah. Like what exactly are you putting in this place? I don't even know at this point, right? It's it's got everything. Is it going to be a pool on top of a pool? Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> would it be necessary? No, no. Again, this is an opportunity to say, okay, what's a want? What's a should? What's a need? Yeah, there's um, like the West End needs some love for rec- recreation centers, and yeah. I'd say Lewis Farms is a little bit far. Yeah, like. I get yeah, that. I get they need something out there, so that's fine. Yeah. But I mean, in the inner of West Ed, not West, yeah, the West End, um, we need something because it's yeah, not East like of Ende. Yeah, you can't you can't do anything. Um, it's not like you can just go swimming every day at at the, at the water park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not feasible. Yeah, that is expensive. <laughs> it is expensive. So yeah, I definitely think that's some overspending there. I don't know what they're doing. So yeah, and another item on the uh, bylaw for approval for spending today, right? Again, spending's already been approved. This is just going through the formalities. Same with Lewis Farms, and but is the 50th Street Rail again? I agree with the 50th Street overpass. It absolutely needs to be done. Yes, but this project that what they're doing today is they're actually amending the bylaw to allow them to borrow 145.3 million instead of 86.6 million. Now I think they were borrowing the 86.6 because that's what they thought the total cost was going to be. Okay. I think they were banking on Canadian Pacific railway having to kick in some of the funds. Okay. But then as I'm looking at the bylaw, right. Where, where did this extra, what is that? $60 million almost hit. Where did that come from? That's um, that's that's some like pocket change for them, dude. They need yeah. they need money uh, to, you know, go go places. But 
this project is going once council approves the the budget adjustment this project is going to show as on budget even though it's almost twice the act the initial budget so yeah it's and i didn't see anything in the contribution uh no line item for uh from anything from canadian pacific railway so uh i imagine or cp rail but i imagine that uh they went to cp rail and cp rail said no, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. And then the city maybe tried to force it out of them and maybe. lost in court or something. I yeah, or lost in negotiations. I couldn't tell you. All I know is it oh. seems sketchy once again from council doing some sketchy things and getting extra money when, like, why mm-hmm. did is it more expensive now to do it? Like, yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. like what what changed, right? This isn't a look. We're at the next phase, so we're going to we need uh, permission to release this portion of the budget, right? Because they they'll break it up into I think five chunks, right? Budget for this first stage one, budget for stage two, yeah. and council has to approve the release of funds, yeah. right? I get that. That's not what this is. This is a the cost increased almost sixty million dollars. Yeah, I, in the like. What happened? This is the kind of things that that council needs to look at. What happened? I bet you they're not even going to talk about this today. I we, bet they're just going to approve it. And what we need is an insider whistleblower to get all yeah. the dirt on all these corrupt, corrupt people, and then we can yeah. we can really really give it to them and show the city that there there is there is corruption happening. You can't tell me that there isn't. Come on. Exactly, right? How many times have we seen it in an audit where somebody was caught stealing? Uh, I think there's actually an audit this week. Uh, we'll get into it later. I haven't looked at the audit, but I've seen some news articles. Uh, and I believe there was something about someone got caught uh, stealing money or they were us- they were bidding on a... They were responsible for awarding a contract and they used their own company to bid on it and then went and did the work themselves. Something to that effect, I believe. Uh, <laughs> I haven't read the audit. I wouldn't be surprised. That's what happened uh, before when oh boy, 11 million just up and walked away. That's spicy. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, they've, they've got some recognition because they, they're looking to rehire a consultant um, for the Valley Line West contract amendment. Oh, now, okay. In June, 2021, they spent seven hundred and ten thousand on uh, on a consultant to quote or to be the process advisor, and the process advisor role quote is, says provides financial, commercial, and process advisory consulting services in support of the procurements required for the Valley Line West project. So basically, it the city needs a consultant to walk them through the process of buying an LRT because they haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something they should learn considering how many more LRT lines they plan to build. You know, we can save some money there, but it, not only did they spend the 710,000 back in June, they're looking for to approve next week, 1.37 million on a consultant. Additional to the seven hundred and ten thousand. Wow! Because I looked at it and I thought it was an amendment, and I was like, "Oh, okay." You know, they're just looking to double the costs. That's for that's a nice payday for somebody. Yeah, yeah. Consultants—they're <laughs> the ones making it rich off the city. And how, how do I become a consultant for the city? 
<laughs> to make some 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 mad cash. I wish I knew. <laughs> so, is there a firm they go through? <laughs> there's a bunch of firms. This one I think was Ernst and Young. Okay, but what a and joke. Uh, it, it it is like. <laughs> provides financial commercial and process advisory consulting. So they should, they should know the process by now to buy an LRT, right? They've done how many lines they've got, how many more lines on the work. Maybe this is a skill set that the city should learn. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe this, the city should find somebody within the city that works for the city. And, They can be like, "Hey, this is your job now." Because before you weren't really doing anything, so now you you yeah. have something to do, and you don't have to spend million plus dollars on consultant. You have mm-hmm. them at a salary, and they just consult. Yeah, and maybe we'll get a fucking LRT that is actually running. That's was supposed to be running two years ago, or <laughs> was it three now? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, and now the, the contract only goes into December, 2024. I don't think the Valley line West is expected to be finished until 2028. I think it was maybe 2029. So we're going to probably have to hire this consultant again. Oh, they'll just hire a new consultant because why get the same one that knows what's happening at this point? Just get a whole and new remember, one. The same people paying $1.37 million for, well, over $2 million now collectively for financial consulting. Why don't you do that for the budget, right? You've got a $3 billion budget, approximately the same uh, as the, the Valley Line West, which is $2.8 billion, I believe. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know. It keeps going up and up. It was, I remember once upon a time when it was $1 billion for the line. Is this, uh, this West Line going to stop at lights also? Yep. Oh great! I'm excited. And it's it's going to be a continuation of the line south. It's one homogenous line, operated by two separate operators. Okay, so that that'll be uh, interesting to see. All right, Edmonton, are you excited so. for the new LRT? Because I'm sure not. Yep. <laughs> so and and these are the spending habits that council needs to look at. There's plenty of money within the budget, but they don't want to look at it. Like I said, I will. I don't think anyone's going to ask any questions about the 50th street rail. Why are we just spending an additional $60 million on this thing? Like what's the reason for it? I mean, it's like the reasoning for 30 million plus dollars going missing. Like it's it's, Mm -hmm. who knows, who knows what they do, who knows why, like they don't, they don't give enough details. They just, they ask for something and they're going to, you know, take a loan out and then people are rich and, we got a See, shitty now, something and something needs to get fixed two years later that doesn't get fixed. Like this, this is just a repeating thing that the city does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now the, the borrowing costs, uh, as far as impact on the budget for the 306 million for bike lanes and the 305 million for the rec center collectively, that's a two to 3% tax increase just on the interest payments. Yeah. And the interest we pay probably about 2% right now, uh, maybe a little bit higher, but the bylaw allows them to go up to 9% interest, 9% Definitely. on 305 million annually, right? Like this is not compounded once and tacked onto the whole thing. No, 9% over 25 years. Remember, if you buy a house at 3%, by the time you 
pay it off. It's uh, after 25 years, you've probably paid twice what the house was worth. Yep. So imagine at 9%. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely absurd. And <laughs> that's, that's what the city needs to do. This council needs to look at their spending habits. So when they ain't going to do that. So no, they won't. So I think that's going to be all that we have uh, for today. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you so. like what you saw, yeah. And if you like what you saw, uh, head to our website, uh, everestjayspodcast.ca. Uh, all of our social media links are there and feel free to follow us on social media and, uh, YouTube here. And yeah, um, hit us up with the like and the subscribe on YouTube and, uh, just, uh, even hit us up on Twitter and we'll, we'll yeah. If you have a question, hit us up on Twitter. We'll, uh, we'll happily engage in a conversation about it. Definitely. Uh, Until then I'm Jason and I'm Joey. And thanks for watching the average chase podcast.